You know when a company wants to use letters in their phone number to be catchy, but oftentimes it was too many letters? Like, give us a call down here at 1 800. I really enjoy carpeting. Thirty years ago, music kind of changed forever. Welcome to the ABCs and 123s of rock special episode, the ABCs and 123s of 1991. 1991 was the year where everything kind of went off the rails and changed. Completely changed. I am your host, Tony Phillips, alongside Randy McGuire. Randy, how's it going? I- I'm doing great, Tony. This is going to be an interesting episode because, as I said, the world kind of changed and kind of got thrown on its ear in 1991. I have an extensive album collection, but if you told me I could only have 100 albums, just give me the top 100 albums of 1991, I think I could be happy. I would need a couple albums from 1992. I would need them or want them. But if I could only have one yes. year, I would pick 1991. I agree. So how we're going to do this, we're not going to do any eliminating. We're just going to talk because this is a bonus episode. We're just going to talk about some of our favorite albums from the year 1991. There are many albums from 1991 that we could talk about, and we could turn this into a full episode. We could probably talk about 20 different albums that had a significant impact, but we're going to pick three. And my first pick is the debut from former members of Green River and Mother Love Bone. They were originally called Mookie Blaylock, but people came to know them as Pearl Jam. in 1991 their debut album 10 came out it took a minute for it to catch on i think they released even flow on mtv three different times before it finally took off first of all i love pearl jam i think i mentioned in one of our earlier episodes that uh, the grunge movement uh, went away from the music that i liked and i ignored it for a while and i missed out because i I did not get to see some of those bands tour because you know obviously it was in my ignoring phase (laughs) the ignoring phase there were so many songs off of this album i could listen to over and over again alive Black, Evenflow, Garden, Jeremy was a huge hit, Oceans, Porch, the whole album, Once Why I Go. Ten. It's ten. Yeah. Name all ten and we're good to go. Another one of my favorites was Release. I still play this on my guitar probably once a week, just out of habit. A wonderful, wonderful album. I got to see them on the Lollapalooza. Missed it. Because yeah, that was only <laughs> in the United States and maybe Canada. Yeah. My first pick, Pearl Jam 10. Hey, great pick. Um, you didn't even have to mention Eddie Vedder or Mike McCready. One of the best vocalists ever and one of the best guitar players ever. I like uh, Jeff Ament's 12-string bass. Yeah, yes. That's a, that's yeah. a cool little... One of the documentaries uh, really brought him out to the forefront and uh, showed his talent, showed his personality. Uh, great dude. 
Something worth pointing out on 10, the drummer was Dave Crewson, who was Edie Perkel's drummer. He was a new bohemian. Yes, and he also went on to play with some of the surviving members of Blind Melon in the band Unified Theory. He was replaced by a man named Dave Abersezi, and I'll tell you a quick story. We were at Lollapalooza in Cuyahoga Falls, Ohio, 1992, and we had just walked in through the gates and we were hanging out gorgeous place. I went over and sat down under a tree. Young looking dude comes up and walks over. He's like, hey man, you know, you mind if I join you under the shade? And I was like, yeah, it's cool, man. I was, I'm just hanging out, just trying to stay cool. And it was Dave Abersezi. Wow. It's like, yeah, he looks kind of familiar. And I saw the toy laminate hanging around his neck. And I was like, oh, where'd you get that? Yeah, can I get one of those? <laughs> Seven seconds into their opening their set, a storm breaks out. And about 30 seconds into their set, lightning hits the top of the sound wow. stage. And we're, I'm with my friends, and we're deciding, you know, do we need to go find shelter, or should we stay? And we stayed there for a half an hour and watched Pearl Jam through a, a huge wow. downpour. As soon as Pearl Jam quit, rain stopped, and it was sunny and gorgeous. But we were in water up to our knees. Makes for a nice festival. It's kind of miserable, but, you know. Anyway, that's my first pick, Pearl Jam 10. Nice pick. So I'm going to take a little liberty here. I know in the G episode, we said use your illusion one and two or two different albums for this episode. It's just going to be one. Uh, I just put them in my CD player back to back, let them play back to back, back to back, back to back. I really liked it. And I thought Guns N' Roses is going to be here forever. Yeah, they're back now, but that was really their last studio album. Man, you want to talk about a great double album, if you want to call it a double album. November Rain is still one of those songs that I can just sit and listen to. Do you have a preference as to one or two, which one you like better? Because I don't. I, I really don't because, um, to be honest with you, after a while, you know, I listened to both of them. Then I put them on my own tape in the order that I wanted to listen to them. And then as time went on and they became uh, MP3s, they're just all mashed in there together. So really, I mean, I can tell you what was on one and what was on two. No, I can't pick a, a, a favorite, but Civil War is a cool song. I like the cover, Live and Let Die. I don't, never thought I would uh, want to hear a, uh, a Wings cover. Don't Cry is one of my favorite songs ever. I love Double Talking Jive. I love to play it during a kickoff for a football game. This is the sound of bad editing. Estranged, another one of those epic long songs. So Fine is a great song. Uh, don't Damn Me. If you can sit and listen to 10 Minutes of Coma, that's a good song. Right Next Door to Hell is a good song. You know, I, I don't think there's a song not worth listening to. Their cover of Knock on Heaven's Door showed up on a ton of other albums, you know, like back in the day. Uh, Get in the Ring's a fun song. Uh, Yesterday's is a real cool song. They can ballad it up or they can uh, knock the wall down. So my first pick is going to be uh, Guns N' Roses, Use Your Illusion 1 and 2. I just read an article yesterday where Slash said that there will be a deluxe 30th anniversary version that nice. was postponed because of COVID. But it's going to have you know a bunch of extra discs and one of the discs has a couple concerts, maybe like I think one from the Roxy. Not, nice. that, not the Roxy concert from Appetite for Destruction, the one that was on MTV all the time. Right. I absolutely love, but a, a later concert. And Izzy Stradlin, I think uh, another one of those underrated songwriters, band members. How do you walk away from the biggest band in the world? One foot in front of the other, I guess. Yeah. So I guess he uh, doesn't regret it, but one more time, GNR, Use Your Illusion 1 and 2.
my second pick, I also saw them at the 1992 Lollapalooza, which it's worth pointing out that these albums came out in 1991 and several of them were not absolutely huge until 1992. Right, right, right. We're talking strictly about release. fifth album from Red Hot Chili Peppers, Blood Sugar Sex Magic. I associate this with a particular group of friends, spent a lot of time together listening to music and drinking, or listening to music and drinking coffee, or listening to music and playing guitar, playing music, and one of the albums that we listened to pretty much on endless repeat for a long time was Blood Sugar Sex Magic. And this, honestly, was the last Chili Peppers album I actually liked. One Hot Minute I didn't really care for a lot. So many songs on it. They rented a house out for however many months, and they all lived in the house and recorded the album in the house. That's a uh, handy thing to have to do, to wake up and kind of be able to just step into the environment that you're going to record your music in. You don't have to go and drive to work or whatever. You just get up and, you're, and you go to work. Could have lied. The Righteous and the Wicked, another wonderful song. Yeah. Under the Bridge was the song that really kind of ended my relationship with the Chili Peppers. I agree. Because it was kind of the thing that, you know, I had known Anthony Kiedis as this funky rapper kind of guy who sometimes who would melodically rap. Under the Bridge is the song that gave Anthony Kiedis the impression that he should keep singing, and I'm totally against that. No, I agree I, with that. Because you go back to Freaky Styley or Uplift Mofo Party Plan or any of those albums where he was not singing, he was just rapping and stuff. Sir Psycho Sexy, Apache Rose Peacock, Make It In The Rain, that, that whole album, front to back, is, again, you know, I listen to it on repeat. second pick red hot chili peppers blood sugar sex magic great 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 album my number two is a band that i ignored at the time and uh, you couldn't ignore them for long my love for dave Grohl just does not let me go any further without picking nirvana Listening to interviews with Dave Grohl, 
he was just on a recent podcast, and it's one of my favorite interviews of anybody, anytime. And they brought up Nirvana. There's three of them that do the interview. And he doesn't want to talk about Nirvana. He goes, no, I'll talk about whatever you want to talk about. Was it the Jason Bateman? Yeah, thing? Smartless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's great. They're, they were talking to him about Nirvana, and you know they all went their separate ways, or the two of them went their separate ways, Nova Selleck and Grohl, after uh, Cobain died. And he was in, what, Ireland, driving down the road, and uh, he saw a hitchhiker, and he was going to pick him up, but then he realized he had on a uh, Kurt Cobain shirt, and he's like, I can't get away from this, so I'm just going to embrace it. Another thing they asked him, what was your first big check? Now, you're talking about Nirvana. You're talking huge money. But his first big check from Nirvana was only $400. And he went out and bought a BB gun, a Nintendo, <laughs> and got a tattoo. And he said all they ate was corn dogs, and they went right back to eating corn dogs. And then within two weeks, they're staying in like five star hotels, touring the world, doing everything. Uh, but Nirvana, never mind. I mean, come and on. never mind. Also, took a little bit of time to yes, catch did. on. I mean, I think what it was was people they were ready to let go of the hair metal and everything else that was happening and find something else. They, I just don't think they were sure if Pearl Jam and Nirvana and those bands were it. And it turned out that they were. Uh, in bloom, come as you are, breed lithium poly, drain you on a plane, something in the way. Um, just 49 minutes of uh, awesome, awesome, awesome music. Something in the way, yeah. I think this is the song that Butch Vig talked about. He recorded this laying on his back in the control room. I think this song gets lost after it smells like Teen Spirit and Bloom comes yard lithium. But man, is it not a good song? So there's my number two pick for 1991, Nirvana. Never mind. To close out my Lollapalooza section of all of this, because I saw all three of these bands at Lollapalooza, the third album from Soundgarden, Bad Motor Finger. Soundgarden opened for Guns N' Roses on the Use Your Illusion Tour. Yes. First album with bassist Ben Shepard. People were talking about getting a 25th anniversary re-release, deluxe version on this. And unfortunately, the masters for this album burn up in the 2008 Universal Studios fire. Grammy nominated in 1992 for Best Metal Performance. Rusty Cage, Outshine, Slaves and Bulldozers, Jesus Christ Pose, Searching With My Good Eye Closed, and then probably my favorite Soundgarden song ever, Room A Thousand Years Wide. 
also on Bad Motor Finger, Mind Riot, Drawing Flies, Holy Water, New Damage. One of the leftover songs that did not make it to Bad Motor Finger, a little song called Birth Ritual, mm-hmm. uh, went on to be prominently featured in the Cameron Crow movie singles. This almost could be one of those perfect albums, almost. I mean, if there's such a thing, Chris Cornell, I, I'm just going to stop with that. Chris Cornell. Yeah, you don't have to go any further. But you also have Matt Cameron on right. the drums. You have Kim Thale on guitar. Outstanding, amazing stuff. Again, when we get to the letter S, I think we're hosed, man, because there's, <laughs> there's so many S bands to talk about. My number three pick, Bad Motor Finger from Soundgarden. My three pick, I'm going to go. Is it getting better? Or do you feel the same? U2 is one of those bands that I didn't listen to when they first came out. A friend of mine was huge into U2, and I started listening. You know, when people listen to music, you know, most people listen to lyrics and music. Man, I was just blown away by the Edge's guitar, first of all. It was like another prominent member. It wasn't the Edge. wasn't Bono. It was Edge's sound. Yeah, his guitar was a yeah. member. <laughs> and, and, and that's what I thought. And I fell in love with U2. And then just album after album was amazing. And then when this came out... You know, I, I mentioned moving songs before. This is one that just, you know, it doesn't move you. It grabs you and puts you where it wants you to put you. I was a bigger fan of U2 before all of this. I mean, I really liked Boy, and I really liked October and War. And Unforgettable Fire was the top of the heap for me. Right. And then Joshua Tree came out after, and it was still really, really good. And that was when they blew up, and I, I wasn't into that as much. Right. And Rattle and Hum was a good concert movie. And then they just kind of got less and less. And Well, Act Young Baby is probably my least favorite of my U2s. But, you know, that'd be like saying... Which is your, you know, least favorite dog? You love them all. This song is this, this song's redemption for this album for me. Uh, but you know, you also got mysterious ways, um, even better than the real thing. Yeah, they had a lot. Oh yeah, of hits on that tour, yeah. Until the end of the world. Uh, so cruel to fly. Ultraviolet. Great, great, great album. This song, you know, it, it sometimes it just takes one song to redeem a whole album. Even though the whole album was really good. This is up there as far as in rare air to me. So there's my number three pick, Action Baby, U2. Yeah, I mean, it was a good album. It was not my favorite U2 album. Compared to a lot of other things that were going on in 1991 musically, it just kind of, it was okay. I liked it. I liked it just fine. It was not my favorite U2. Unforgettable Fire is my favorite U2. I get it. My supplementary pick they also opened for Guns N' Roses in 1991, uh, headlined with Pantera and Soundgarden in 1992, Sebastian Bach and Skid Row. The album Slave to the Grind 
again, this goes back to me playing um, in that band with those guys in 1992. We played just about every song on this album. Of course, Monkey Business, the song Slave to the Grind, which the story behind Slave to the Grind, if you ever listened to it, it sounded a little different than the rest of the album. A little rougher, a little raw. I mean, it was damn near death metal. And it turns out that version that's on the album is the demo that they oh, recorded. Really? They tried to recapture it all when they re-recorded it, but they said the demo put it across, you know, a lot better. The news gets Damn good song. Quicksand Jesus, Psycho Love, Living on a Chain Gang, In a Darkened Room, a wonderful ballad, Riot Act, Mud Kicker. If you bought this album at Walmart, this song wasn't on it, but it was called Get the yeah. F*** Out. And I saw them do it live, I think maybe even the first time they ever played it live, and it was fantastic. Now, when this album came out, it debuted at number one. It was the first metal album to ever debut number one, I think. No, great pick. Love it, love it. Yep. Tom Petty is a national treasure. Well, I started out Down a dirty road Started out All alone Into the Great Wide Open great great video i mean uh with johnny depp i mean i absolutely love that video this is another one of those songs that man it just i, I mean literally i literally have chills right now and I, and I stick with the fact that he is a, he's an american treasure and when he died i mean it was it was you know not elvis but by god it was my elvis yeah he was a lot of people's elvis. absolutely and you can go on and on, but that album, I love it. I don't know the track list right offhand, but between Wildflowers, Into the Great Wide Open, Out in the Cold, Tom Petty never was not listenable. I can't remember at any point in my life a Tom Petty song coming on and me saying, no, nah, I don't want to hear that. In the car, nowadays, I just, I'll hit replay. No, I love Tom Petty, and Into the Great Wide Open was a, uh, a great one. And His contribution to the Sound City movie was fantastic absolutely adored the man some of the albums that actually came out rem out of time stevie ray vaughn and double trouble the sky is crying and genesis we can't dance and i don't listen which which came up in our genesis episode and uh yeah i think you made that exact same comment prince had an album diamonds and pearls what about primus sailing the seas of cheese they ended up on Lollapalooza in 93 i think yeah michael jackson uh dangerous Temple of the Dog. Metallica. Yeah, Black, Black Album. I was doing everything I could to not mention it. I know it ended up on the cutting room floor before, but I have a very strong love-hate relationship with Bob Rock, the producer. Right. Oh, I think nobody likes Bob Rock. How about uh, Van Halen for Unlawful Car right. Knowledge? Yeah. Smashing yeah. Pumpkins. Gish. Gish, yeah. Wonderful album. Mr. Big, lean into it. There you go. Jesus Jones, Doubt. Dinosaur Jr. Which is just a Jay Mascus. Right. He, he played every, it was like the Foo Fighters' first right. album. He played all the instruments. Uh, Bonnie Raitt, Luck of the Draw. Yeah, that was a good album. Phenomenal album, yeah. Lenny Kravitz, uh, Mama Said was out. Brian Adams, one of his last decent albums, Queen Innuendo was out. That was the last album with Freddie Mercury. Right. So, yeah, I mean, go back and look at 1991. 
It's worth pointing out that between mid-August and late September, there was a span of 44 days where the Black Album, 10, Use Your Illusion, Blood Sugar Sex Magic, Bad Motor Finger, and Nevermind all came out. Seven massive albums that came out in the span of a month and a half. So I'm going to say 1991, I don't think we can come up with another year of albums that vast and that huge. That was cool. I have to agree. That uh, was fun. I want to take a minute to thank everybody for listening, wherever you're listening to it at uh, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Pandora, all of those places. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll do a few more of these before we get to the end of the alphabet. And I'm looking forward to every one of them. In the meantime, I have been Tony Phillips. I'm Randy McGuire. And you've been listening to the ABCs and 123s of 1991. See you next time. See ya.